I am William Legault, and I am Citizen Sailor. Hello and welcome to Citizen Salem, an interview show about the people who live in Salem, Massachusetts. My name is Chris Padgett and in this episode I am coming down off a cold. I made it the whole winter without catching a cold, without getting sick at all, the flu, everything that was going around and considering my day job is driving to people's homes and offices and touching their stuff, it's a miracle that I'm not sick more often than I am. So I've cleared everything out of my head that I possibly can, and I promise I washed my hands before recording this. In this episode, I'm talking to William Legault. You might know William from his perch at the front door of Notch Brewing. You might know him from his trips across the North Fields. You might remember him as a city councilor here in Salem. The point is, even if you don't know William directly, you've definitely seen him around. All right. Here's my conversation with William Legault. So, you want me looking... At just the camera, no, looking no. at you, just, just talking. We're just chatting. So whichever way it goes. That's yep, okay, absolutely. Fine. All right. Uh, so how long have you lived in Salem? All at once? Totally. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm just about 59 years old. Okay. I was born here. 1960, right over there, uh, eighth of a mile away on Perkins Street. And I was here until I graduated high school in 1979. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the uh, service, into the Air Force, uh, and I came back in 1997. So I've lived basically the majority of my life here with about 18 or 20 years elsewhere. When you left in 79 and then came back in 97, what had changed about the city in that amount of time that you remember? That's easy. Everything. (laughs) When I left in 1979, I couldn't wait to get out of this town. I got up to freshman year of high school in 1975, and the plan was I will endure these four years, do what I have to do to get out of here, and as soon as I can, I'm going to leave this place. Uh, And there were various reasons for that, but, you know, Salem didn't have a lot going on in in the 1970s. They didn't. Little did we know that there was about to be things going on in the the coming years, so so, uh, I got out of high school, I graduated in in June, and in the first week of July I was gone, off to Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. And when you came back in 97, what was your initial, what was your initial response to your hometown? What what, what struck you the most? I didn't consider it my hometown anymore, really, I didn't. Um, Where had you gone? How far had you traveled? All over the world. Japan, Korea, Philippines, Ger- all over Europe, uh, stationed in Germany, but traveled all around Europe for there, uh, Colorado, Montana, Georgia, Texas, anywhere, you know. I switched to the Army in 1985. Hmm. So basically anywhere where you could go in the Army or in the Air Force, I tried to go. So I was all over the place. Hmm. The thing that had changed about Salem the most was uh, Halloween to begin with. I had no idea. I knew Halloween had become something in Salem. but Halloween changed this town for good, for bad. Mm. It depends on your perspective. Because businesses came in. There were more restaurants. Uh, there were more smaller shops than there used to be. Mm. But not to the, uh, to the level that we have now. It was just, Salem was just really starting that solid business growth spurt 
we were going past just the Halloween stuff. We were phasing out us being a seasonal tourist destination mm -hmm. and gradually coming year round. That's what it was the amount of people in town, the amount of new people in town, and the amount of visitors in town was what had changed most. Is there anything about your childhood version of Salem that you that you miss or you wish was still around? Not without rose-colored glasses. Yeah. I don't believe in rose-colored glasses. Um, when I hear people of my generation or the generation before me that were born and raised in, in this town and that have lived in this town their whole life and that maybe have never really left this town, uh, talk about the wonderful old Salem. There's some truth to that, but it's not all truth. Uh, we weren't all that in a glass of water back then. Mm. We're still not all that in a glass of water, but we're getting closer. We're a more diverse town. I think that we're a more educated town. Um, I think we're a more worldly town. Uh, in 1975, although we were a city, we were still kind of town. Mm. We're a city now. We're kind of towny in a lot of things, <laughs> but it, it's, we're a city. We've become a city, we've become, become a strong, healthy city. And uh, it's the new people that have brought this. Mm. Guys like me, my generation, we're along for the ride. Some of us like it, I do. There are some of us that don't. That's, that's their problem, not mine. I like what we've become. Uh, people who see you around town, how did they know William Legault? If, if someone sees you on the street? Uh, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I always wear a hat. And I didn't always wear a hat. I wear a hat now because uh, I can't afford to let my head be exposed to the sun for any, any extended period of time. Uh, you know, when I first came back to Salem, uh, I was hanging out at a little place called the Lobster Shanty mm -hmm. when I wasn't working. And I liked to go in there because I could sit there, have lunch, do a crossword puzzle, and it was, really wouldn't be bothered by anybody. But you become friendly with people. And they had $2 football squares. So... One day, just to fit in, I said, be friendly, I'll do the $2 football square. So you've got to put your name on a square. And I saw there was a guy by the name of, there was Bill Stone, there was Bill Kelly, there was Cowboy Bill, there was Billy Willie. I said, all right, I have to put something down there. <laughs> so I just wrote down Bald Bill. I'm bald, my name is Bill. Uh, the bartender, Bobby Garthia, took a look at that and he laughed. I mean, he really laughed loudly. And I said, what are you laughing at? He goes, <laughs> you're stuck with that now, pal. <laughs> and it was true. And so that's just one way that a lot of people know me. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of the people that have come to know me over the last 15 years through uh, Salem Patch, mm -hmm. through my various writings when I did some stuff for the Salem Gazette, through the Salem Y, uh, through Salem Politics, mm -hmm. and various other things uh, when I did fundraising for the Y, uh, they're not quite familiar with that term. They, so some people know me by that term, others don't. So, Is there a disconnect between the people who have lived here for a long time and how they knew you, know you versus the people who are fairly new that know you? If, if you were to walk up on somebody talking to me and you were to hear them call me Billy, mm -hmm. odds are that they've known me for a very long time. Yeah. Because if you haven't known me for a very long time, I'm going to suggest kindly that you not call me that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like to be called Billy, but my family calls me that. Friends who've known me for all these Childhood, years know yeah. me that. And uh, some, of the, some of the kids, kids, they're all in their 40s now, 
that, uh, that work with me at Roosevelt's uh, can get away with that. But it's a, it's a pretty select group, so. So you've had, you've had a number of jobs around town. You were, a, most people probably know you from working the door at Notch at this point. You were a city councilor at one point? Uh, city councilor for three years, 2013, 2014, 2015, until the voters were kind enough to show me the <laughs> in the election set, yeah. What brought that on? Why did, you, why did you get into city council work? It wasn't my intention. Yeah. Uh, I had had people approach me years earlier uh, about potentially running. When Matt Vino first got elected back, I had just come back to Salem. There was a, there was a, a, a brouhaha for Ward 5. There were like five people running in a primary. Mm. And uh, I was thinking about running. Some people, some friends had asked me if I would run. And uh, I was just starting to get established in Salem again. I met Matt Vino and decided, ah, I don't need to run. This guy is a good city councilor. And I didn't really want to anyway. Uh, I got on through the appointment process after Joan Lovely got elected to the state senate. Hmm. The uh, infamous 302 ballots. I don't know if you were around in 2012. I was, but I wasn't paying attention. That's probably a better way to put it. Created a vacancy, (laughs) and and the city council gets to appoint it. And it was a long, convoluted, stupid process, I can say, years now. There was a lot of stubbornness being demonstrated by the city council. I know that's a shock to you in this day and age because there's none of that anymore, right? I'm rolling my eyes, of course. Uh, yeah. uh, and it took, uh, it, it took uh, 302 ballots to select between six or seven people. Hmm. Uh, it, was, it was really it was foolishness to the ninth degree. And then I got reelected or elected on my own the following term, narrowly, and then got unelected the following election after that, narrowly, but not, not by quite as narrow a margin. The city councilor in Salem, Salem politics in general, is that, a, is that as thankless a job as it seems? No. It, it can seem thankless if you follow social media because you just got some people that are never going to be happy uh, with certain people. And it's really, it's really interesting because uh, I see people that support particular city councilors even though those city councilors frequently vote against the, the best interests of that particular voter. People just get it in their head that they're going to support this councilor and they're going to oppose that councilor. No, there's a, there's a lot of gratitude out there. You have people that appreciate what, what, what you're doing. Uh, it's a little bit of both. To me, it was, I'm glad I did it. I didn't do it by design. I never woke up one day and said, I want to be a city councilor. Uh, I never woke up when I was a city councilor and said, thank goodness I'm a city councilor. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. What I figured out was that as a councilor, you really can't do anything major. You could try to have influence on some major things and maybe have some minor influence on some major things. Hmm. But what you can do as a city councilor, and this is why people should run, Chris. This is why others should run other than the same people for 15 years, 20 years, 10 years. I'm talking to you, Toriel. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you can do really a lot of really little things for a lot of people and it will mean a lot to them. Mm. might not mean a lot to anybody else, but you can help people with minor things that seem seemingly minor things that to the person that's asking for your help, it's not minor at all. And uh, so, yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. More people should run. I'm disappointed every election when I see 
council is running unopposed. Even councillors that I like and that I think are doing a good job. Un need, unopposed is the problem. They need opposition because it will make them a better councillor. Hmm. So you've done your um, civic duty as a city councillor for Salem. You've done your uh, duty as a, a, an armed service member. What are you doing today to make Salem a better place? Well, you just can't escape it. Uh, when I was on the city council, I became the liaison for the Disabilities Commission. Hmm. So three years as a liaison, and then once I was off the council, I figured, well, that's enough. I, I won't be going to these meetings anymore. Uh, but I ended up getting appointed to the uh, Commission on Disabilities. So I'm still doing that, and I just got reappointed two weeks ago to another three years. So I've been on the Disabilities Commission for six years, and it's a good commission. It's a really good commission. Uh, it's an active commission. It's a mayoral commission. Uh, the thing that people don't understand about the Disabilities Commission is the Disabilities Commission has a bank account. It has money. Uh, whenever you get a parking ticket, which I'm sure you've never gotten one, for parking in a handicap spot, mm. $300, mm. the money comes to the Disabilities Commission. Uh -huh. oh, good to know. And so they can do things with that money. It's, it's regulated by statute, of course. There's limitations. There's things you can't do, there's things you can't do. Uh, but so you can do good things. Uh, also, my last year on the council, I ended up getting involved with a thing called the Massport Community Advisory Committee, uh, which is about 40 com uh, communities that are within a certain distance of Boston, and also some communities out of Worcester and around Enhanced, uh, anywhere near an airfield. Hmm. And so we technically oversee Massport. Uh, we every year elect one person from our commission to sit on the Massport Board of Directors, which is a guy by the name of John Nucci out of is he East Boston. He's out of East Boston. So we have some sway with Massport. Hmm. So I go to meetings four or five times a year for that. Uh, it's, an interesting, uh, it's an interesting gig. Uh, little did I know until I got on this board that Massport, between its operating budget and its capital improvement budget, is a billion and a half dollar operation. Wow. Yeah, billion. Yeah. A billion and a half. That's a lot of money. That's, that is a lot of money. And uh, they have to give us money for our operating budget. But both the, the Disabilities Commission and the Massport Commission are volunteer commissions. I don't get paid for it. And personally, I think that's the way city government should work. Hmm. I don't mind city councilors getting a little stipe, getting a little bit of pay that they get. Uh, but I think that all of these boards and commissions, you know, being volunteers the best way. There's only a there's only a couple of boards that get stipends. Licensing board, for instance, it's I think a three thousand dollar stipend every year. So. Hmm. All right, William, thank you for your time. Nothing to it, Chris. I not, I'm not going to call you Billy. <laughs> you just did, <laughs> but, that, but that's okay. I can live with that. When I told people I was going to be speaking to William, I got variations of eye roll. Um, how much time do you have? <laughs> I enjoyed my conversation with William, and I appreciate him trekking across the North Fields to come and talk to me. Thanks to Chris and Mary Ellen at Notch Brewing for letting us use their brewery to record this episode, and a bunch more to come, too. Notch Brewing and Tap Room is online at notchbrewing.com and at 238R Derby Street in Salem, right behind Waters and Brown. The amazing Alex Asacker wrote and performed the Citizen Salem theme song on her ukulele. 
Citizen Salem is recorded and produced by me, Chris Paget. Additional photography by Bowie Paget. If you or someone you know would like to be featured here, send me an email at citizensalem1626 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Citizen Salem, and please wash your hands.